I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. Kickback family, we are here again. And wow, like summer is just flying by and time just keep rolling. And y'all get to hear us again. We hope that all is well wherever you guys are at. Um, but as always, I'm your boy EB, and I'm here with two of my pa- my two. Of, I about to say favorite. I don't think that's a word, but I'm here with two of my favorite people, Sharika and Sabrina. And you are listening to one of the greatest podcasts in the world, The Kickback. So take a few moments, share it with the people who you love and the people who you dislike in this moment, and just let them catch a vibe as they sit <laughs> back and relax and enjoy us and our thoughts. Um, I think I started with a temp check last time we gathered and I'm going to start again. Um, I know people always say that ladies first, but I'm trying to still figure that out um, only because I think at least the Bible I read, God created Adam first. So I don't know how we get these Western (laughs) American standards from, Um, but Hey, y'all Western hemisphere, Western culture, however y'all want to word it, but y'all do what y'all want because I I try to follow the Bible as much as possible. Um, And yeah, I would say I am at like an 82. I mean, feeling good, feeling great. Vibes are on point. And that's just where I'm at. As far as a song that I have for you guys, there's not like one specifically that just, I guess, rings the bell. Um, But I will say for those of you who are in the rap music or you like to diversify your listening ears, there is a guy by the name of Aubrey Graham from Toronto, mm-hmm. Canada, but most of you may know him as Drake. He just dropped a new album called Honestly, Never Mind. Do y'all ever, y'all, y'all know y'all having a conversation with somebody and somebody be like, hey, that's something to tell you. Oh, never mind. I'm like, <laughs> nah, now you got to tell me, bro. Yep. Like, honestly, now you got to tell me, like, because you should have never said nothing if you wasn't mm-hmm. going to tell me. Because that means you already had in your mind that you really didn't want to tell me. So you shouldn't have brought it up. So I'm at an 82. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. That's my vibes today. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? Talk to the people. It's been a great summer. I'm living my best life and I'm going to end it in the best way possible. My bae and I were taking it back to where it all began. Well, not where, well, some things began there on our honeymoon. So we're going to go to Sandals, Jamaica at the end of this month. So my song is the Beach Boys, Kokomo, Aruba, Jamaica. Oh, I want to take you. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego, Montego. (laughs) Maybe why don't we go to Jamaica? That And that whole song is just such a perfect summer vibe. I remember hearing it all the time as a kid, not really knowing the words, but like seeing my parents dance and hearing it at a cookout or something like that. And it just captures my energy and my mood eb mentioned drake's uh album that and that was a surprise album that like he was like oh by the way this is gonna happen but my girl you know i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet she said july 29th wait for it i love beyonce you guys i can't i think i've said it more than once in this podcast like she's i just love when a person's just being the very best version of themselves and I love seeing people do the thing they were made to do like I love seeing 
Evie as a leader. He was just made to lead. Or Sharika, like just communicating with people and just being that social butterfly is just in her DNA. And Beyonce is a very talented entertainer. So Renaissance, get ready this fall. I'm going to be wearing all the high collars and being super (laughs) dramatic (laughs) because I just think that's so great to like end the summer with uh, Beyonce's Renaissance. And doesn't Renaissance mean like rebirth or something like that? Forgive me, I should know that. I'm pretty sure when we studied the Renaissance period in history, it was called that because it was like, after the dark ages when people like weren't learning and just things were kind of like womp womp the renaissance happened and because of that they were super extra with everything so I can't wait to dive into that and I have to mention it we're gonna talk about Drake's latest work we gotta talk about Beyonce's right uh sure well, that is true <laughs> how, how and are you feeling she... oh, oh go ahead I'm sorry I'm just saying and that lets me know that she dropped an album so it's a good chance that the homie B is probably going to be on some form of a tour in the fall or early spring. So I'm excited about that. Usually think when so? she drops an album, usually when she drops an album, she goes on some type of tour. It might be the joint one with her and her husband, or it's just her solo, or it's her and the throwback ladies of Kelly and Michelle. But like she, mm. she, and it might not be like a full on worldwide tour, but she always do her little pops. And, you know, I ain't saying older people don't go on tours because I think we've all seen older acts but you know she's got kids that's growing up who she about to, as she's heavily involved in their life they about to have more things going on and she might not just be like oh i'm gonna be gone for the next three four months as my kids are teenagers now so this might be one of those last ones so that's one of the other reasons i'm always telling people to go out but we'll probably talk about that in the expound my bad sharika talk to the people <laughs> no no it's fine sharika nah. before you do i want to expound on this beyonce thing a little bit longer because Evie, I love that you refer to Kelly and Michelle as a throwback group. Oh, they are. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but also just that just tickled me to my soul. I don't know. I'm feeling the kickback goes to see Beyonce if she's coming because Tampa usually gets, you know, we don't get the crumbs. People usually, no, if don't. they're going to tour, they will stop by Raymond James or the Amelie Arena. And if she comes, that's that can be a full episode. Golly. Sharika, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, oh, my temp is 80. You know, oh, today's a special day for a few reasons. Actually, three reasons. One, today is my anniversary. Six. Also, today is our girl Marjorie. Well, I don't know if she want her business out here, but it's out here now. <laughs> wedding day. And three, it's almost our anniversary at the kickback. So it's a great day, special day. We got some celebrating to do. We got some turning up to do. We have some, you know, we just got fun to do. So yeah, I'm excited. It's a great day. Also, I was thinking about a song and I don't have a song. Um, because the songs that I do have that for this individual, they're all kind of a little of a downer, but I have been, I'm, I wanted to talk to you guys about a new, uh, artist that I've been feeling lately. I have been, I, I know I'm, I'd be late to the game. So I know this is not new, new, but just new to me. I've heard this person's, some of their songs, but I didn't really know who they were, but I've been on some Thames lately. And so I've been enjoying that. 
I, I was going to say some of the lyrics is a specific song, but they're like kind of downer. My mood is high. So it's just check out Thames. I'm into some Afro beats lately, you know, just so yeah. That's my temp. That's how I'm feeling. That's what's going on with me. We got, we just, you know, life is good. What, what do I have to complain about? May you spell that for Shrika, that artist's name? Tim? Yes. T-E-M-S. All right. Got it. Cool. Yep. I, I mean, was definitely on some T-I-M-S. <laughs> like, <laughs> that might not be right. Yeah. You should clarify. Yep. You're right. I should have. It, yes, I was TMS, and I just, you know, I don't know. It just, it's been, it's been giving me the vibes lately. So I've just been enjoying some Tims lately. Uh, she has had some. She did. Speaking of Drake, she did a song with Future and Drake. Um, he's done a song. Um, I forget the Wiz Kid or something. You know, y'all know I'm old. I'll be knowing all the new stuff, but I've been enjoying that lately. So. Side note, on a scale of 1 to 10, Evie and Shrika, how talented is Future? Because I'm always hearing about him being on someone's feature, but if someone was to say, Sabrina, what's their future song? I wouldn't know it. I know that is not like a way to measure if somebody is famous because I don't know a lot of a lot of like uh, artists out there, but I'm just curious. Like, is he like, what's his bag? Is he like a super good rapper? Is he a producer? I'll go before Evie yeah, so, goes because I have limited oh, to add. I know two future songs. I know when he, I knew the, I don't even know what song it is anymore, but I just remember when he was still dating Sierra. So you know, this is old, real old, because she didn't have two kids with Russell at this point. So it's been old. But what she did, he did a song with Sierra. And I just remember in the song, he was like, I can see you in my future. And I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. That's what I know about future. <laughs> and, talking about with Tim that's actually his song Drake's on there and Tim's but the song is like two minutes and 50 seconds so it's not even that long of a song so I don't know that's that's the extent of what I know about future EB probably could expound a little bit more yeah definitely so um when a person thinks about future one of the things that outside of his music of course he's a rapper I would say he's relatively known some people say he has changed rap culture as far as just about a lot of the rappers that you see today whether it's 21 savage or a little baby or the baby or like a young thug type where his i guess vers- uh, versatility and his swag i don't know he's like a father of the younger generation so to speak um not only because of his music and pioneering a certain way of rap and some might call it mumble rap some might call it just this you get into a zone at the whatever you do to get into that zone. Some might just say, no, he's just really that talented. Some people have him in their top list, like their top five, their top 10. Some really? would say he's probably top three or top four of rappers in the South all time, wow. not just yeah. recently. Um, but of course, and then he always got like that. He got always two types on one, um, whether it be, and I'm not saying just a lovey dovey song, but like a, a, a song that's typically um, geared to someone of the opposite sex. However you vibe is how you vibe. There's no judgment here. It's all love from the Kickback family. Um, and then that's just that song you send to your, your your special person, your significant other, or it gets you in a mode of how you respond, whether it's extremely lovey or it's like, yeah, I'm just going to be toxic and we're going to play this type of game. They always have this... <laughs> 
I guess you could say extremely hype song, which some people might refer to as um, a club banger. Um, so, you know, you listen to it and you just naturally just going to get get hype, whether you in the whip, whether you in the house, you in the shower, it's the Bluetooth plan, it's streaming from YouTube on your TV at the house, like you in the office, like whatever it is, it's like, oh, snap. Um, like, well, I don't know. Again, I don't know what y'all listen to, but if you go listen to like something like a mass off or a stick talk or a way you at, um, and a lot of people know future because of, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit of what some would deem as toxic culture for them. Um, he is extremely entertaining, especially when it comes to being online, where if you see like a person that looks like laying back in like a Rolls Royce or like a Maybach vehicle with a mask on, and it's a meme, all of those are future. If you see somebody like standing up texting, and it's like, especially during the holidays, like it'll be stuff like, for example, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a future meme that just is relevant. Oh, we're in August, so we'll just say, um, like his text, you say, hey, just so you know, like I really miss you. Um, our summers used to be so it used to be so much brighter when I was with you. I know you're probably having great cookouts this weekend. Tell your family I said hey, and, but it'll be his picture. That's not him doing the meme, but it's yeah. his meme that goes viral because of how he would respond to certain situations. So all holidays you'll see like memes picture popping up. Um, and he got a lot of I don't say a lot. He got a decent amount of features with like people like Drake or Forty Two Doug and stuff like that. So I would say the younger generation, those of you who are born. Before 2000, literally, if you were born before 2000, he's probably not on your top list. Uh, but those who are born after, like, that's that's one of their guys. He's like their Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, T.I., Tupac, Scarface, Nas. He's like that to those who were born after 2000. That's some who in the 80s and the 90s who love Future like that. But if you want to know a little bit more about Future, you go check out, like, one of his Dirty Sprite albums or mixtapes or whatnot, Dirty Sprite. And Future is one of those people who talks a lot about drugs, but he'll also tell you, I don't, you know, like, you ain't going to never see it. me smoking. You ain't going to never see me popping pills, but I will rap about it all day because I know that's what y'all <laughs> lovely people love to hear. So Future sounds like a businessman. Future is always thinking about the future and his, <laughs> his income. <laughs> Listen, I heard him on Taylor Swift. That's when I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did I tell you about the my time that I saw Future in real life? No, you didn't. No. He's an oh, attractive I didn't tell man. You all this? Yeah, I was just telling this story recently. I thought it was to you guys. I didn't remember who I was telling. So it was, I was in Atlanta and I was at Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles. I don't know if it's still around, but I was there with some friends. And I saw this man go to the bathroom. And because we were right at the end of the rest, back of the restaurant close to the bathrooms. It was at this long table with a lot of us at the table. I did not know future from past, okay? I didn't know who this man was. But when I saw him, I was like, that person looks famous. That's the <gasps> literally the thought that went in my literally? mind. Literally? Yes, that's wow. the thought that went in my mind. Because he had all this jewelry around his oh, neck. Okay, well, yeah. And I just, he just looked famous. And I, but I didn't know him. I didn't even think I said it to anybody at the table because I did not know that man. Like I said, from present to past to anything, I didn't know that man. Uh -huh. So then I was at the end, we were leaving the right, we were leaving the restaurant, but we were outside of the restaurant taking pictures. Like, well, I was taking a picture of my friend. He was holding my other friend's baby under the Gladys Knight sign. So I'm taking the picture and all of a sudden I see two people like run by us. I'm like, I so I 
somebody was like, I think there's future in Sierra. And I was like, I saw him. And then I was like, <laughs> see, now if I would have saw Sierra, I would have knew it was her. But I I just saw two, like a man and a woman like run past us. So I think they thought we were trying to take a picture of them. I really wasn't. I didn't even know. I wasn't even really paying attention to y'all. I was really trying to take a picture of my friend. So I'll, so I do have like a blurred like vision. I mean, like a picture with him like blurred in the background, like running past us. So, and then like right after that, like I saw this like fancy car, like speed down the road, like down past where we were standing. So that's my little future uh, story. It's not that exciting, but that was that. It was exciting to me. I was, I was hanging on every word. <laughs> I love that you said when you saw him, something in your, something in his energy was like, yes, I'm a famous person. I know. I, like, I never seen it. I was just like, that person looks famous. Like, and I, it was just a fleeting thought when I saw him and I didn't even mention it to nobody around me because I was like, I don't know who he is. And I, I probably, not, you know, I don't know. I didn't even think too much about it at the time until they were, he was like holding her hand and they were running past us. Now, if I would have saw, man, I wish I would have saw Sierra, the like got a really good glimpse of her like when I was in the restaurant now I'd have been like super excited but I didn't know that man yeah love it well speaking of being (laughs) super excited I feel like the summer is kind of like I don't know how you and um EB move on a Friday at work but most people especially after like lunchtime on a Friday let's just be honest, are they really being their best selves? Not always. They kind of (laughs) check out. (laughs) And I want to say that the summer is like that. I feel like June and July just feels like this extended Friday. But now our Monday's coming and fall is my favorite season. So I'm not hating, but it very much has like back to school vibes, back to work vibes. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be bringing you a little snippet into what we do at work. And I think work is one of those things that is a part of um, our health and wellness because you spend more time at work than you spend with your family. You spend more time Mm -hmm. at work doing anything else you do in your life. Think about it. So you're about to hear about a huge chunk of what our lives are about. And a lot of times when people pass, if they have like one or two blurbs, they will put that work in there. Like, oh, this person was a teacher or this person was a fireman or whatever the case may be. And it's like, dang, I lived 70 years and that's all you have to say. So I think it's really important that uh, you are at peace with the work that you do. And I don't want to sound like I'm coming from a place of privilege to say that you like your work because I don't believe you have to like your work, but just be at peace with it because it is a huge Mm. chunk of your life. Uh, so we're going to start off by just sharing what we all do for work. And you guys have heard me talk a lot about how I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I'm not going to go in all that because that season of my life is over and I never thought it would be, but I'm so thankful that I was kind of forced. I, and I'm a Christian as you guys know, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit pushed me into a new season that is just so great from where I am right now in life. So I'm going to put it all out there because hopefully um, I, y'all will never be finding me on Twitter to be like, well, now I'm nervous. Should I? Because sometimes I am spicy. Okay. I won't <laughs> say the name of the company because I want you guys, and it, you can look me up on LinkedIn. That's fine. I haven't updated it because I know there's a lot of nosy people who just want to be in my life for entertainment and gossip. And I'm really not trying to fuel that out. I think I'll update my LinkedIn and like after a year or two when people have kind of like got me out of their minds. But I work for a fortune 
four company. So that means in the Fortune 500 list, my company is in that top four. So you can find it. Okay. I, am, uh, I am on the business side of health care. Um, I do not have clinical experience and I'm learning so much that a lot of people on the business side of healthcare don't. And sometimes it's actually preferred because of the way you think it's just, uh, it was one of those things that's just like a diversity just makes things better. If you have people who have a different perspective, sometimes it can move things forward in a way that not everybody who's thinking the same way can do. I absolutely love it. My official title is Senior Analyst Strategic planning, which is kind of exciting because when I started here, I was just a strategic planner, but now I'm a senior analyst who specializes in strategic planning. And if you're like me, you might be like, well, what the blank does that mean? Honestly, I didn't even know when I applied, my friend put me on and I knew my old season needed to be done. And I was like, sure, I can plan strategically, but it actually is something that's right in line with the way my mind works and I can use my creativity in a new but different way. So the heart of what I do is writing workflows. What's a workflow is pretty much the process of how people complete their jobs. So if someone is working with a patient who is needs to be put in the healthy heart program, for example, I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air and I'm a nurse and I'm like, okay, I have this patient. I need to put them in the healthy heart program. How do I do that? So I'm going to go to X companies. SharePoint site that has all the workflows and I'm going to type in healthy heart program and the healthy heart program workflow will come up and it'll take them step by step of how to put patients in different programs or help them with this or get them these supplemental benefits and all that. So it's really important that the workflows are clear because this is how nurses, doctors, pharmacists, social workers, care managers are doing their work. So I don't necessarily do any of those things. Like I said, I don't have a clinical background, but I help those people do their jobs well. So I, one of my, well, I'll go through a couple of my responsibilities is maintaining the SharePoint website for community care and Medicare. So a lot of what I do is on the Medicare side. There are people who work with just Medicaid and there are people in my job who work with programs dealing with both, but my programs just focus with Medicare and there's a whole umbrella of things under that. And all the workflows on the SharePoint site for Medicare, they fall under my responsibility. Um, if people have questions about different workflows, I am the SME, a SME is a word I learned in the corporate sector. And it just means that I am the subject matter expert on those things. I do intake requests, I do specialty job aid and creation and specialty projects. So if my company is like, you know what, we noticed that a lot of people don't have rides when they're of a certain age and they need to get to the doctor. So how can we partner with Uber or Lyft and our insurance plans and make sure these people can get to the doctor the way I, that once again, I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air. But mm. if that happened, I would come to all those meetings, even though I'm not you know, the nurse, the care manager, or anything, because I'm the one who's going to write out for both parties how that process works and what everybody needs to do to make sure it's done. So I also do um, LMP intake, so learning and performance. If things change, the people who are transitioning new care managers and nurses and to how we do things, they need to know that. So I partner a lot with that team 
And I lead the clinical uh, ops meeting, which is a meeting once a month. And it's like to 100 or so people. And I'm telling them all the changes that have happened in the system that month, all the updates and et cetera. And that is the one time I'm on camera. And I don't have to be, but the person who had my position before me was always on camera. So you guys, when I tell you, I put it on social media a couple of months ago, I have a mullet outfit. I'm business at the top and pajama <laughs> pants or whatever. And God forbid something ever happens, which I don't have any pets or kids yet. So nothing startles me throughout the day, but I'm like, girl, do not stand up because I will be exposed. <laughs> but I usually put on makeup that day and I set my little camera and everything just right. And literally I'm always doing a PowerPoint presentation for this. I'm a tiny little box at the top of the screen that we use for our meetings, but I don't care. It's like, hey, I'm going to be giving when I'm on these meetings. I'm going to be looking Cute. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Um, and that's a really long way to say that's what I do. You guys, Girl, what do y'all do? Oh, gotcha. I'm just <laughs> like, man, I feel like you just started, but I guess you're about to be coming up on your year. And I'm like, whoa. Girl, you really sound, sound like you've been there, been there. Girl, they treat you like that here. It was not like, oh, get in the pool, you know, swim around. <laughs> it was sink or swim but I love it because here there are so many there's so much grace first of all and this is not a Christian organization mm. but there's so much grace and people told me when I first started because I did all these one-on-ones it will take you six months to a year mm. to really get your bearings and I thought to myself and I don't want people to think I'm prideful but I just thought to myself oh no like it will not take me that long and Maybe that's because my former career, I knew what I wanted to do since I was 14. So I had been preparing and doing all the work and all my education is in the arts field, right? Well, performance psychology can kind of go anywhere, but um, I just thought it's not going to take me that long, but I can see how it could because somebody, my supervisor might be like, hey, Sabrina, you're now in charge of the workflow for this program, which happened two weeks after I started. I had no clue what was going on. It was a huge program launching January 1st. And I just had to make mistakes and get it right or whatever else. But honestly, for me, it was a great way to learn. You mm -hmm. can't be timid here. You really just have to be confident and um, able to problem solve on your own. Nobody's necessarily going to be like, Oh, you know, I might not know what to do. And then I'm like, well, supervisor, I don't know what to do because my supervisor who's super kind. I don't think she would do this, but the vibe is people are expecting you to figure it out. Like, okay, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go Google this. I'm going to go talk to this person. I'm going to hit up this team's manager and be like, Hey, what do you do? And that might take two hours of your day, but you can find the answers, but you have to work for it. Nothing's just like there for you, unless it's in the workflow. <laughs> Oh, all right. I feel like I talked a really long time. So I want to hear yep. about you guys because I work with you guys, but I really honestly, Sharika, I have no clue what you do. I see a little bit of what Evie does. So I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. So for me, um, I think it just it, like everybody, um, at least for most jobs, it depends on the day on what it looks like. Um, for you, I'll try to get go down the line of what a typical work week could look like at, oh, I want to say limited capacity, but like at the baseline of me just chilling. It could be a Monday through a Friday where I'm just in the office the entire week, responding to emails, talking about different locations that we have the privilege of being at or seeing what's going on. And then 
going to one of those locations on a Sunday. Um, and for those of you who don't know, like I work for the Salvation Army. If you know the Salvation Army, you would know that the Salvation Army is a church. Um, if you don't know that, then the Salvation Army is a church. So if you ain't got a church, um, find a church. I'm not going to say find the Salvation Army, but find a church because that would be wild for me to just throw that out there. Just because some places that have a Salvation Army, you would go there and you'd be like, yeah, this church ain't for me. Um, and that's something that I will tell whoever. Um, so like our podcast is not a secret or my thoughts or opinions are not a secret. Um, in some places that struggle or that need to be more tapped into the Holy Spirit than tapped into self. So in those moments, as we're in the office from week to week, sometimes it's places that give you a little more frustration um, and other places give you a little more, I guess, fun and gives you hope for what the future, as we was talking about future earlier, but even though it was talking about the of what the future holds for the church or the organization or the corporation or the business, depending on the day, it shifts and it turns and it pivots to different things, which also leads me um, as a leader within the organization to be quite frustrated because it's just like that doesn't help anybody get to where they want to be. And I think we might talk a little bit about just what does that look like in the grand scheme. Um, a full week could also look like me doing site visits throughout the week of seeing what does a certain program look like or how can a program be enhanced in some way, shape or form. And I can't be there every day or I can't be there to run those programs. So I just try to um, supply either, I guess you could say ideas or give some form of, hey, this is what your homies down the road is doing. And it might work for you. And if it don't, it's a trial and error. Like there's no, sometimes as an organization, it lacks accountability where there is no hand slapping of saying, hey, you did this wrong. This was terrible. We have to hold you accountable. That doesn't always happen. So it's like you have that freedom to, in the best way, mess up. Um, that's not a good thing because you're talking about God's people and messing up once could mean deterring somebody from a relationship with Jesus. And in some of those instances, I get a chance to go talk to some of our teens and young adults, literally talk to people under 35 or so. Sometimes I talk to people older than that, but I'll preach, I'll teach, I'll give a devotion. I'll do one of my favorite things where it's just sitting there and listening to what that person is sharing and how they're going through life and what's next for them. I also have an opportunity to just travel, whether it's traveling from Miami to Pensacola within the state of Florida, just covering all of the state of Florida or other times traveling to places as far as I'm trying to think the farthest place I went with the church as far as London or all of just about the Caribbean or throughout the United States of so different things that we have going on and it's sometimes just to engage with other people who do similar I guess you could say work as I get the chance to do or it might be me preaching or teaching or it might be just me attending an event and receiving what God has for me other times it's getting with people who consider the Salvation Army their church as a member and me being with people who we call soldiers and hearing their ideas, ideas, their needs, their concerns, and bring that to the attention of leadership. Um, most times my immediate supervisor say, hey, I'll speak in the so-and-so at this location. This is what they're dealing with. This is what they're struggling with. I don't have that free will. Well, let me take it back. I definitely got that free will. Um, I, I'm not at liberty to just directly tell a a pastor at a local unit or an administrator at a local unit, what they need to be doing for those soldiers. So I pass that on to somebody who wears the same color as them, who bang in the same gang as them, as I like to say it from time to time. Um, and they get to communicate in their way of saying, hey, 
Will's talking about your location, your location came up. This is something that some of your leaders or your soldiers or your members are dealing with. How can you oversee that? Throughout the summer, um, just literally these past five or six weeks, I had a chance of being at um, our local, I say our local, definitely not local, um, our camp, our state camp in right outside of Gainesville, where I spent the, the entire summer there, five or six weeks there, where I am meeting with a little over a hundred or so staff members, and I'm talking to them. Like I give them like a little questionnaire, they fill it out. But the main thing I'm asking them, like, you know, where are you at on your spiritual journey? And we all know it's subjective because somebody might say they're at the ten and like, I don't go to church, I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, I don't do this, and it's like you might not be at a ten. Like if you're never communing with God Himself. Um, but we talk through those things. Like, where are you struggling at? Is it, is it a devotional life? Is it planning community? Is it being in a small group? Is it a prayer life? Is it whatever you, I don't say whatever you consider, whatever scripture dictates to how we progress in our relationship with God, then I try to help our teens and young adults to a better path at that. I know, um, throughout earlier on in the summer or a couple of weeks ago, or in June, we was talking about how at times I'm intentional about what goes on. So I try to listen to those things. I try to set reminders in my phone where like once a month, I'm going to check in with Billy because he says he struggled with his prayer life. So I'm going to check in once a month, set a reminder in my phone and say, hey, Billy, have you been praying this month? Or hey, Billy, have you thought about reaching out with Johnny and asking him, could he pray with you once a week? Or do you want me to check in with you once a week? And then I call you and we just pray over the phone together so we can try to create a rhythm um, and that rhythm naturally will lead to a habit. And that's what I try to do. And I do that with teens. I do that with a young adults. I do that with some of um, our pastors in locations where I'm just calling them and typically I ask three things. How are you doing? How is your location doing or your family specifically? And what is one thing I can pray um, with you for? And that what helps me know what they're dealing with. And it's been conversations with people who have broke down and crying and saying, this person is dying with cancer. Or, this person doesn't want to talk to me anymore. Or we have a three-year-old child where we have to figure out what type of so surgery we're going to have because of the illness that they have. And there's nobody else who seems to care. And you just start to learn more about people who you work alongside of by just having simple conversations instead of trying to pry for information. Um, and it's just... I would say it's all good for me as far as work, even though it's some days where um, I want to strangle people, but that's not what God wants me to do. So mm -hmm. I don't let the flesh win those battles. In short, or I would say, you know, in within the organization, I have a ridiculous title, um, but I'll, I'm happy I get to pass it to somebody who's in HR to help me understand some of my stuff soon. But like, it's a young adult in mission, young adults and missions coordinator in spiritual life specialist. That's what it is within the organization. When I'm talking to people on the outside, I just say I'm the director of young adults and mission engagement, um, just because I get a chance to hopefully, I guess, enact change in certain places and drive people to some form of whatever their goal or vision is for their local command and or themselves. And I oversee all of our young adult stuff that happens within the state of Florida for the Salvation Army. I like what I do. I get to travel a lot. I get to see a lot of people. I get to experience the fullness of what our organization gets to do from time to time. And one of the joys for me specifically is I don't, I try to stay away from like the red carpet treatments and give people a heads up when I'm showing up. So I just show up so you can't fake Ooh. it with me. Um, yes. And it's funny sometimes because sometimes I'll show up at a place and people are like, oh, it'll be either, oh, I didn't know you were coming or, oh, um, I would have put you on the program. And I'm like, yes, that's why you don't know I'm coming because I don't <laughs> want that. I just want to see what happens day to day when I'm not here. Mm -hmm. And then they hit me, 
And then I'm not gonna say people be lying, but I be feeling like people be lying. And I believe God has given me the spirit of discernment. So I really be, I really believe that this is factual when people be lying. But then they'll teach you it. Oh, this family is out of town and this person couldn't come because it is. I'm like, I didn't ask you all that. I didn't ask you what people asked. Like, you don't have to go on these things. Just do what you normally do on a Sunday. Like, I, I know you're not explaining where everybody is every Sunday to everybody. So, um, and it's also funny when they'll say certain things and then I'll know some of those people and I'm like, no, it's really because your preaching is terrible and they don't want to be here. But that's a different story. Um, and I don't want to be on this soapbox that long. So that is what I do. I love what I do. I fully enjoy it. Um, and if you want to know more, you can just hit me up in the DMs of the kickback page and I will tell you a day in a life. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might see some of my stuff from time to time, from road trips to flights to speaking engagements. You'll see it all. Sharika, talk, or I don't know if somebody want to chime in, but yeah, that's part of what I do. Wow. What you do really fits who you are, EB. You are the perfect person for the job. And I I love, I love I love a pop-up. I love a pop-up on somebody. That means you should be doing what you need to do. You, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. And number two. I love a check-in because I have been in places where you're like, does anyone know I exist? So I appreciate EB that you check in on the people because people need somebody to check in, to know that they care, just to, to know that they're just not out there alone. So thank you, EB, for what you do. I appreciate that. So no problem. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you guys what I do. So I am a recruitment coordinator. I am responsible for the hiring at my location, um, which is at the headquarters of Florida. So I am responsible for hiring at my specific location. Um, do I hire every individual? No, but I help facilitate the hiring managers um, with their hires. So I um review job description. So like if someone's applying, so I post our positions that are um, available or vacant. And then once um, I do that, I, after the posting period is over, I review applicants, I review uh, uh, their, whatever, their resumes, whatever they have put down. And basically, um, we are under affirmative action. We have an affirmative action plan. So I make sure that those who apply meet the minimum requirements um, for the specific uh, job that they applied for. And once I do that, then I notify the hiring manager like, okay, you have these many, here are the specific candidates that you have to, to interview um, to for hire. So most of the time I turn that over to the hiring manager. Sometimes I am in on those interviews. Sometimes I'm not, depending on what it is. Um, so, um, and then after they are, after the interviews are finished and if I'm not involved, the hiring manager may want to do different rounds, just depending on the job. Sometimes it's a phone, sometimes it's in person, sometimes it's a second interview. It just depends on what it is. And then, so I just walk the hiring manager through the whatever um, whatever way they want to interview. And once that's done, I will prepare to onboard and hire whatever individual they select. 
if I'm not involved, if I am involved, then I obviously walk through all that stuff with them specifically in interviews, setting up second interviews, whatever be, I might be involved, and then contacting the individual, letting them they know, communicating with compensation regarding what salary or what, um, what, what, yeah, what salary to pay the individual, then communicating with the individual. If there's negotiations, be the in-between person for all that. And then, um, then I, after the person, on the person's first day, I'm the person that onboards them and uh, sets up how they get started in the organization. For the field locations, I basically just review all of the new hires that like all the paperwork that um, when they're trying to hire somebody. So I just review all of the paperwork, make sure that the paperwork is correct, complete and all that. And then I prepare for uh, what we call our finance board who actually we say does the hiring because they decide, yes, we're going to hire this person or not. So that's, that's like a gist of what I, that's like a portion of what I do. Um, the other thing that I do is um, it, along that same line, just like try to uh, um, like, I say affect change, but like be aware of what the, what, what culture is doing, not just to stay um, just to do what everyone else is doing, but to stay relevant so that when we are uh, recruiting and when we are uh, onboarding, that we are, um, that we're not behind on the times and that we can stay relevant. And uh, because, you know, we are, I do work for a nonprofit, but, you know, when people are looking for a job, they don't care whether it's nonprofit, for profit, they just care about what is this, uh, uh, job going to offer me benefit wise, where they're going to offer me salary wise and things like that. So I'm trying to also help my organization um, be able to compete with the uh, for-profit world or just, just be able to compete in general. And right now recruitment is crazy. Um, I you know, it's just been a hard time to find people. Everywhere you go, y'all see help wanted signs. Uh, you know, you see people saying, you know, providing, oh, uh, we have sign-on bonuses or you get this or you get that because it's just really a bad time in recruitment right now. I don't know where the workers went. I don't know what these people are doing. I wish somebody would tell me so I could do it too. But basically recruitment is very crazy right now. So I've just been trying to find ways to help better or help my organization better uh, find the appropriate candidates and the right fit for whatever jobs that are available. The other thing that I do in my job is I'm also responsible for employee engagement and that's mainly at my current location. So creating events, uh, creating um or just providing resources just to engage employees. As Sabrina said, you know, we spend most of our time at work. So um, my, one of my passions is to be able to uh, just connect um, the employees that we have to the ministry that our organization is involved with. So that's something that I'm going to work a lot, really hard on this year. I've only been in my role for a little over a year, 
So like, I think I'm coming up on a year and a half. So first year is just like, was just like kind of learning the position, getting involved. I did a little bit of things here and there, but this year I really want to focus on really taking uh, a lot of it to the next level, especially employee engagement and making, and, and like I said, just connecting employees to the ministry of our organization. Also, um, just making like making sure that people feel seen, like kind of like what Evie was saying, like in our workplaces, you know, sometimes we see each other every day, but do we really know each other? And everybody doesn't want to be known, and that's great. But maybe you do want to be known, or maybe you're uh you you're on your own and you don't feel like you have a support system. Like, how can we provide that in the workplace? Um, and just be there for the people we work with and work for so that the ministry is not just something that we do for others. It's something that we do internally as well. So that's kind of uh, just a brief overview of what I do. Um, I think I hit most of the, oh, and, and just like training and developing stuff for the field recruitment and employee engagement wise, like I do it in-house, but I also uh, train and develop the field in the same areas. So um so that's mm -hmm. it that's really kind of what I do a little overview of what I do love so, it HR uh, is so important and that initial like engagement with whatever organization or company you're going to work for that makes a huge impact and I'm glad they get to start with you Sharika you're a good person <laughs> for that oh my goodness yeah it, it, it has been interesting, but it, it, it is fun. And I think I'm just excited about what I do because um, people matter and, you know, what we do matters. So I just, I want, I want to communicate that with the people I work with. Um, so I do have a, just a few questions for us all to answer and not necessarily specific to what we do, but just about working and career life in general. What is the biggest lesson that like work life or working has taught you specifically? Mm. That's difficult. I feel like I'm still learning. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, I'm, I know. But I think for me that and I know it's different, it may be different wherever you are, but the saying like closed mouths don't get fed mm. is one of the things that are, are that I think of. Or like for me, I'm not a, one of the things that I've learned in my life or learned about myself is that closed mouths, like there's been other times in work environments that I've just never said anything. And maybe I didn't feel, I don't know. I think I, well, one, I was a lot younger. I also felt like, what, what does it matter to say anything? Is anything, maybe this will backfire or look negatively upon me. But now like what I've learned is like, you don't know until you say anything. And also, I've also realized that, you know, it's unfair to hold people to expectations that you've never clearly expressed. So you, what you feel like people already should know, or it's common sense, or 
you know, they should, they should, they should, they should, you don't, well, you can't really say unless you've clearly said to them, this is what I expect, or this is my experience, and this is what I need help with. Now, does that always change things? No. But I feel like you don't know if it will change anything unless you say something. And I know that's maybe easy coming from HR or whatever, but I feel like, I think people, um, I think people may be open to more than what others may think they are, but they, but no one will say anything. So one of the things I've just learned for myself is like, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say things. Obviously there's a time and a place and there's a way to do that. But for me, I'm like, I never know what could change could happen unless I say something. And even if it doesn't happen, at least I know I said something. So if, if one or two, three steps need to happen after the fact, no one can be like, I never knew. No one told me what I had no idea. You do. You did. I told you, you knew. So don't be surprised when things have to be escalated or maybe to my surprise, oh, things have changed. And now things may be better for the culture, the work culture, because I spoke up and said something. I'm just annoyed and not for people complaining all the time. And they never say it to the people that actually need to know. So that's one of the working work things I've learned. And shout out to myself because today I'm about to have one of those conversations. Amen. So <laughs> Yo, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so that's one of my lessons. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, so for me, um, I would say two, one or two lessons. One is um, there's no job or no task that's more important or more important than loving God and loving others. Um, and I say that in the vein of you can work, you can be a workaholic, you can be the greatest at whatever you do, whatever your job is, you can be the greatest at it, at it. But the day something happens to you, as far as death, or you get terminated, your job will be up for somebody else, it'll be posted, basically. Mm. So never put more into your job than you're putting into what God has called you to do. And that's loving him supremely and loving others the same so don't overwork yourself simply because it's not worth it exhaustion mental fatigue burnout however you describe it in your lane your world it is not worth it to um just go crazy with it and i'm not saying don't go above and beyond i'm not saying to stay stagnant i'm not saying to coast at work i'm not saying to fake it till you make it i'm just saying know know your personal value and know how you're valued by your workplace um, and I think that hopefully that helps you understand um, how you should be treated, because if you know your value, hopefully you know that you're made in the image of God, especially for those of us who are believers, and you're not being treated as such, then either like um, Sharika just mentioned, then it's time to have one of those tough conversations. And I don't think it's a tough conversation. It's just having a conversation, in my opinion, mm -hmm. where you just say, hey, you, you know what you're doing is simply wrong, right? It is what it is. And um, I believe you trust God and you let God open up those doors if he finds it fit for you to exit. Because what you don't know is God has favor on his people. So it might yeah. be the other person who, and I say over you, over you in a hierarchy or structure or work work setup, they're over you as far as authority and they're your manager, supervisor, the director, have you work it. And he might not have favor on that person, not have favor 
not in a bad way where he's, you know, throwing them to the depths of hell, but it's just like, nah, I'm not going to let this happen. So, um, friendly Betty, she gets to go. Right. Um, I'm using names of people who I don't know. So people mm-hmm. are like, were you talking about? No, I'm not. This is just typical scenarios. And we've all been in these moments. And the other one is just say, um, another lesson life has taught me is just being intentional, being intentional, whether it be with your tasks, where like, and I'm not saying, hey, love it. I would say love what you do. Um, and I say love what you do in a way of, it doesn't have to be specific. Like, hey, I love, I don't know. I'm trying to say something that I know I don't like and you will never catch me doing. I love being a mechanic. Maybe you don't necessarily love being a mechanic, but you love cars. So you find a joy in making sure that somebody else, I guess, tra- means of transportation gets them to point A to point B. And so in that, you're probably coasting or you're just doing a task for the sake of doing a task. Um, but just be intentional about it because people can see when you simply don't care. And I know some people know how to fake it till they make it and two thumbs up for you that do, but that doesn't help anyone in those situations. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help the grand scheme of the culture, typically in most work environments. So just be intentional about what you do. Be intentional be intentional about the people that you work with. And I'm not saying everybody need to know your birthday. Everybody need to know mm-hmm. where you stay. Everybody need to know your anniversary. No, I'm just saying, let them know that they're valued as an individual as well. Mm-hmm. It might not be in that work sense because they work, I guess their work habits could possibly be trash. Like they could be a terrible employee. Um, and it's ways of saying that, especially in your if you're in professional settings, we say, hey, have you ever, because you might hear somebody say something like, have you ever considered working for, and that might be a way of saying, I just need you to go because you ain't it. <laughs> or they might be saying it because they got a friend who they like, who they want their friend to have your job, especially if it's somebody in your department. Now, if it's somebody in another department, they might genuinely see something else in you that you don't see. Or they might have a friend who they want in that department. I don't know. But that sometimes happens where people see certain things and be like, I think you would be great at X. Or I think you would be great at X. Um, and that just happens. But, but sometimes that only really, it's only genuine when you're intentional about that person. Like, you don't even know me like that. Like, you see me once a month and I only say hey to you in the elevator. Like, don't tell me you know that I can be, I don't know, G, um, CEO of Tesla. Like, you ain't never seen me organize nothing. You ain't never seen me plan nothing. You just seen me smiling and shuffling papers. Like, you ain't, like, don't just be, don't, don't, oh no, don't be lying to me in my face type of thing. But if you're intentional with the people that you work with, you can see some of their habits. You can pick up on some of the things that they do. You can you can sense their vibes and you can roll with it. Those are two lessons that I would say um, that just don't overwork yourself just because it's not worth it. Simply like know your, know, know your body and pace yourself and then just be intentional, whether it be with the task or the people that you have the privilege, um, I would say, of working with. Like I could also, you know, tell you that, you know, just some people will say you focus on your strengths and others will say focus on your weaknesses. I don't know. Like for me, I was always told just focus on your strengths and let the weaknesses fade out mm-hmm. just because, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like I want to, I'm not saying I want to be balanced or equal in everything. Um, but then, you know, I got that little quote that people misquote from time to time. Like a Jack of all trades is a master of none or whatever, 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 mm. but a, a Jack of all trades is a master of none. But a master, I think of none is, I don't know, better than one or master of one is better than none. I don't know, something like that. But you know yourself and you know where you need to grow and you know where you probably reach 
a certain point where you you probably hit a ceiling. And if there's no way, whether it be your workplace, whether it be yourself, whether it be finances, where you can't sledgehammer through the roof of that ceiling or through through whatever that that glass is, then maybe you look at other areas of your life and you're like, maybe I should get better at, here, at this area, or maybe I should try to do this, or maybe I should try to do that. So um, just always find ways to develop yourself. And that's been one of my life lessons, whether it been personally um, and the work that I have now on public speaking, where some places I'm forced to issue and I'm just like, I have to visit this place, but I know that your speaking capabilities, and this is not a private or a boastful thing, um, it's just, I know I'm not gonna get anything from you. So I know God has blessed me with the power um, in my tongue to share life into others. So do you mind if I grace um, your pulpit and share with your people? Um, I think I'm great at public speaking and that is not to be boastful. Um, I just, I know, I know how God has blessed me. Uh, and I know the work that I put into those type of moments. Like I'm not coasting. Um, I wish actually my home church would ask me to preach here or there, but that's a different story and I'm not going to get into that, but yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's some of the lessons that um, life and work has taught me, Sabrina. For sure. But before I dive into mine really quickly, EB, Sharika said future had it on a celebrity vibe. Maybe you just have a, I am an amazing person to work with vibe. Hey, and that's I'll why they, are, they approach you in the elevator because I, I can see that being one of the reasons why. I'm going to cheat a little bit and share something that I heard within the past six months during one of my jobs opportunities to just develop and learn. Like I told you, we have community resource groups and I'm in three. I'm in Fit Club. I'm in the We Black and We Work Here group and I'm in the We're Women and We Work Here group. And they brought in this amazing woman to speak to us. And something, well, two things that she said that really stuck with me is that people respect authority, but follow authenticity. And I'm going to say that again, people respect authority, but follow authenticity. And no matter what position you're in at a job, I would encourage you to just be authentic. And Mm -hmm. Evie talked about loving your work. You don't, golly, if I worked at let me think of something. Oh, I'm not great with like higher level math, like calculus and all that. If that was my job, I might not love it, but I can bring a certain authenticity in the way I treat people, respect people, the way I follow through on what I'm going to say. There's so many opportunities there to still get like the nectar of life, right? Which is, especially as Christian, loving God and loving other people. So I would encourage you to be authentic. And that goes into like um, something I just talked about, having integrity, following up with people, really caring about people, you Mm. know, going deeper than the surface. I have seen in every opportunity with myself when I've had opportunities to lead and leaders I've had. I've had some authentic leaders that maybe didn't have the talent or whatever as others, and I still love them to this day, and they have helped me to be a better person. So one, I'll say, be authentic. And secondly, she had this thing called like an acronym, not a thing, an acronym for humans. And it started with humility, bring your humility. There's always space for all of us to learn from the person who's at the bottom of that little chart to the person who's at the top. We all can learn from one another. Um, Don't be afraid to embrace the unexpected at work. That's a human, human, right? Like don't just find yourself going through the motions, even in life. Um, Life is too short and too beautiful for any of us to just coast through it. Model. 
If you want something done, model it yourself. I'm sitting here on the podcast saying be authentic. So guess what? I need to be authentic, Mm. right? Adapt. Things change. We have to have a level of flexibility at work, right? I, I hope that we won't be those people who are like, no, we've always done it this way. This is the way it needs to be. Be adaptable. Narrate. It's okay. I think, EB, you're especially good at this, but be able to articulate your story and the story of what is done around you and um, what the goal, what the future goal is, what your why is. If you know that and you're able to um, articulate that well, it just creates an excitement in your atmosphere. And lastly, spark. I talked about creating that excitement, but it's so... I'm trying to find the best way to say this because I'm not saying everybody needs to be like a Pomeranian, like, oh, when I come to work, super excited, da, 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 da. But there is like this spark to life that can show up in your work if you would let it and allow it to. Even if you're me working at a place where they're doing calculus, you're, that spark at that job is you. There's certain things that only you can bring to a certain space. So be the future and stand out and let your, let your spark shine. <laughs> That's my advice for work. Oh, lastly, um, don't stay in a place too long that you don't need to be. If you find yourself complaining and it is something that is constant enough that your friends, family, da, 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 I don't care if you love your job. That was me. I love, and I don't think I will ever love anything as much as I loved that. And I mourned having to let go of my job being something that I love. But there are other things on that priority list that just trump Mm -hmm. me loving that. And those are things that I helped me to keep my mental and physical health in check. And it's okay to leave. It can be scary. It can be whatever, but just do it. You know, even if you have to take a cut and pay, I know that's easy for me to say, because I didn't take a cut, I almost doubled what I made, but trust me, I was ready to take a cut. And I like to think because the Holy spirit knew I was ready to literally do anything. You know, there was a blessing in the storm in that. I don't know, but please, please, please. Life is too short. Don't stay in something that is making you super, super unhappy. Mm. All right. And from there, I'll go into my quote for today. Uh, Many of you have probably heard this before, and it kind of piggybacks off of what I just said, that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. Trust me from someone whose mom is a hustler right now. She's a school teacher and she said she wanted more fun money. So she runs it at Golden Corral. If somebody's going to work, it's my mama. Okay. (laughs) So work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. The other four balls, family, health, friends, and integrity are made of glass. If you Mm. drop one of those, it will be scuffed, nicked, perhaps even shattered irrevocably. Gary Keller, real estate entrepreneur. I think that quote speaks for itself. Hmm. EB, what are you expounding on? So about three, um, I guess around this time, because I don't know. Then again, I don't know, because I don't know when y'all listening. But in June, um, to be exact, June 16th, June 16th being, I would say, a very important day for me or within my life. Um, part of the reason that it's an important day, because one of my best friends, Vontae, um, it was his birthday um, about five or six weeks ago. But it's also 
the born day of the lovely um, Tupac Shakur. But on that day, something else happened. The Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry won another NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some people will be like, no, nah, come on, you be like, you usually be expounding on a little bit of every other stuff. You be keeping me co- up to date with news. Like, I don't watch news. I don't go searching for news. And now you're talking about sports. Like, why are you doing this to me? I am doing this to you guys because I just want you to know that there is power in the tongue. Last year, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, they did not make the playoffs. They played in a play-in tournament and they lost. And at the end of his press conference, and if you want to go watch, you can literally put in Steph Curry, right? You can just put that in. Steph Curry, you don't want to see us next year. Just (laughs) put that in. You don't want to see us next year. If you watch this, now the entire uh, press game conference of last year in 2021, I think it was like May something, May 21st, maybe May 12th, I don't know. It was May 2021. I'll just go with that. I ain't going to get the date wrong and then be lying to y'all or making a mistake. But as he's speaking, you can see on his face, this man is distraught. He looked like he about to cry. Very emotional because he know how hard him, Draymond, some of the other guys, the coaching staff work with one of their brothers, Clay Thompson being out for the second season in a row with an injury. But they were pushing hard all season long just to get a shot at the playoffs because he felt, man, if we get into this thing, like we got, we're we're that much closer to our ultimate goal. So a lot of people, and you can look up a lot of different things where people started to count them out and say, Steph Curry will never go to another NBA championship. Steph Curry will never win another ring. Steph Curry will never be able to be the great player that we thought he was going to be because he can't do it without the other people. He can't do it without the Kevin Durant and with Kevin Durant leaving the team. Like it's not going to happen for him again. And at the end of that press conference, again, you can, it just it just hit me because you can just see it on his face. And he was like, you don't want to see us next year. And a team who did not make the playoffs a team at the beginning of the 2021-22 NBA season, they were told that they were probably the 14th to 18th best team in the NBA. They win the NBA championship. They hoisted up the Bill Russell, Larry O'Brien trophy. He wins the MVP. All well, he was, I mean, the Bill Russell MVP trophy and then the Larry O'Brien with a championship trophy. And it's just like, how much focus do you have to have to not even get close to winning where everybody is shouting everybody else's name? Just think about maybe your workplace as we talked about work today. Think about your favorite department. Think about that thing that you enjoy and everybody's mentioning everybody else's name. And then it's your name that's called. You're the one who's getting the raise. You're the one who's getting the promotion. You're the one who's getting the new title. You're the one who's getting the new th- this, that, this, that. And we can go on and on. But I just want you to know if there is something out there, as Sabrina just said, like don't stay in a place too long that you're always complaining about. So if you're complaining, it's probably not going to get better. It's probably not going to get better. I ain't going to say it's not going to get better because I don't know. That's between you and God and how God works. But it's a good chance because there's power in the tongue. And in psychology, I've learned that self-fulfilling prophecy is a reality. Um, You can look up what that means and how that works and how that intertwines with your life currently. So speak truth to power, speak truth to authority, speak love to your coworkers, speak love to yourself. Like self-care is important. 
And you have to be all in with yourself because nobody else, anybody else, it's a good chance that others won't be. They won't be all in with you because they have their own stuff that they have to deal with and battle day in and day out. So I just want you to make sure when you're speaking anything or anywhere, make sure that it's going to make it a greater impact on your life and the life of others that you get to interact with. Shout out to the Golden State Warriors. Shout out to Steph Curry. Shout out for him in a sense. He didn't say that he was going to win a championship. He just said, you do not want to see us next year. And everybody who saw them got slayed. And as small and tiny as he is, it was like David slaying um, Goliaths, series after series, week after week, month after month, until they won the championship. So shout out to them in them making it happen. So speak truth, speak love. That's all I got for you. And that's what I'm expounding on. What are we recommending for the people? Sharika, what you got to share with the people? What, what, what you got for them this week? Well, I do want to throw back to our last episode before we took our break. And you had recommended uh, Halftime with Jennifer Lopez. And I did want to say I did watch it and it was so good. It was really, really good. Um, and I had a little tear and it made me want to be like, this is why. I, I like documentaries about celebrities. We get people get crazy on social media, but when you get to see that celebrities are real people, like it, I hope it makes people think twice about the foolishness they post. That was an aside. What I do want to recommend, I know a few, I guess now even more a few weeks before we talked, I talked, I recommended that you guys watch Will Smith's interview with David Letterman on my next guest or you know y'all know what i'm talking about this time i want to recommend that you uh watch ryan reynolds interview i watched that and it was so good as well um just seeing where someone came from the hustle and drive that they took on themselves nobody's support to really just jump out there and try something new even when nobody thought you could do it just to and to succeed and to do it well start your own stuff after that that's what I'm recommending is Ryan Reynolds' interview on my next guest who needs no introduction, I think is the real title. Ooh, thank you. You got me onto that show a couple of months ago with one of your recommends, and I forgot about it. I think I watched, did Kim Kardashian do one? Yes, yeah, she did one. Yes, that's the one I watched, and it was really good, so I'm excited to dive into this one. I'm going to stay in line with my summer throwback TV show series, and I'm going to bring you guys one of my favorite cartoons. It is hilarious. It just reminds me of summer and good times, and it is called Hey Arnold. Hey love Arnold, it. I love this cartoon so good it pretty much chronicles the adventures of Arnold a fourth grader with a football shaped head who lives with his grandparents Phil and Gertrude in the city of Hillwood all types of hijinks ensue it's funny it's heartwarming warming you'll cry you'll laugh and it it's only like 30 minutes if that per episode so it's a great little oh woke up you know slept in on a summer day I'll catch my little hey Arnold and then go outside to the ice cream truck I don't know but I love this show check it out and it's only five seasons so it's about like 100 episodes and get into it EB what do you have for us today 
Today, I am recommending that you guys hop on Netflix again. And it is right now, it's currently two seasons, but um, I think like, last time, like I think it's two seasons now at the time you listening to this, but wrong side of the tracks, wrong side of the tracks on Netflix. It's a drama series. It's about a love, love bird couple and a super wealthy family and a grandfather who takes his granddaughter in and a lot of different stuff happens. Just think about, I don't know, pardon me when I say think about drug and violence and well, I'm family. <laughs> I would say family drug violence, but the violence is more so hand, hand, hand like like burning down buildings and fist fights. There's nothing like crazy. There's no, there's no voice. Uh, okay. Um, Maybe back in. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you might you might be back in. I would say just just watch stuff like like always, right? Watch episode one. If you ain't rocking with it, then don't worry about the rest of the season. All right. But I will tell you that you might tap in and it's going to be hard to tap out. That's how. Ooh, okay. I'm excited it now. Like, it's like, well, hold on. What's going on? What's next? This. No, that can't be. It can't be that person. What? Is, are they crazy? Yeah. It's. I like it. Um, I, I feel like it, it's down my alley. So, yeah, that's what I got for you. Wrong side of the tracks on Netflix. Mm. Anything else you want to close out for the people? Or with the people with? Yeah, shout out to season three of the podcast. <laughs> woo, woo, air horns, air horns, air horns. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> so you already know what it is. Um, it's three of your favorite people. And we are signing out and closing out. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you put in your resignation. I'm just saying, do not do that with life. You can do that with your job, but do not do that with your life. We love you. We care for you. We, I'm about to say, us three are here. Listen, well, I would say if you if you at that point, definitely us three are here for you. Oh, yeah. We also yeah. got a good friend in Jason who we will refer you to. Um, like, but we not we we're not skilled and or professional or educated and informed on how to deal with those type of situations. If you are thinking about signing out of life, but we do got a homie named Jason, and he would love to sit with you and talk to you. Um, and he's an expert, and he's educated, and he's amazing, and he does this for a living. Um, and he also, because he don't mind people sharing it, and he also he this hit him close to home as his mother um, had that just tough things happen. So. If you're going through something like that, don't sign out of life. Sign out of work. Put them papers in for work, but not for life. Stay here, please, until God calls you home. But as always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Until next time.